Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kate Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor, oh my goodness, contributor <laughs> with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. I feel like now that should just be a drinking game. If I cannot say the word contributor, drink. Yeah. And I'm sorry you guys are going to have to have a drink every single episode. I don't have enough alcohol for this. <laughs> I still say we should, uh, you know, record this so I don't have to say it every episode, but it's fine. But I'm happy it wasn't pre-recorded because there was a little change in the intro. Kate, you have a new job entering this season. You're now the senior content creator at the Gaming Society. How pumped are you? I'm so pumped. Uh, We're going to have a lot of really exciting content. Be sure to follow uh, the team over at the Gaming Society. And I mean, our goal in general is to help make sports betting more inclusive, more understandable, uh, and more accessible to the general public because sports betting is super confusing. And uh, you need to know what you're doing if you're going to be a responsible sports better. So I love the mission. I love the work that we're doing. And I'm going to be heading up our NFL content this season. Very excited about this. And I'm going to be heading up their their newsletter. I'm going to have a newsletter coming out every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. So check that out. I'm going to be uh, posting the sign up here. Not not too too long from now. Very excited. Yeah, make sure to sign up for that, everybody. Uh, I know there's going to be awesome tips and news and uh, all that good info you need before you place your bets. So watch out for Kate's tweet. Guys, it's week one. We have so much to get to. Uh, it's going to be such a fun season, and I'm just already so excited for all of these games. There's some huge ones, some amazing matchups that we'll definitely dig into. Uh, so every single week in season, we'll, we'll give you one episode. We will be posting them on Thursday mornings. Now this one might come to you a little bit earlier, uh, just a little different for week one. We got to get you prepared quick. Yeah. This is an emergency. But we're going to give you some scrumptious starts. We're going to give you some fades of the week. And then also we'll go through, you know, those tricky decisions you have every week I even have them for week one and we're gonna go through some of my tricky start decisions at the end of this episode because I need some help but I was thinking since we have scrumptious starts should we come up with like another alliteration for fades like farty fades or (laughs) farty fades I think you just did it I think you figured it out I I don't think we even need to explore it okay so that end of segment I kind of like farty fades (laughs) farty fades farty fades they're stinky uh but no uh so last year we just did scrumptious starts and fades we're also going to get into some like hard flex starts or rb2 starts because it's so hard to pick between you know those running backs that might have a yucky matchup or you're just not confident in so we'll get through those at the end of the episode but let's first start with news for the week breaking news breaking news breaking news breaking news Seahawks rookie running back. He missed practice on Tuesday after participating in a limited fashion on Monday. That's not ideal, right, Jake? Like, I feel like that's bad for his week one chances. Scares me. It scares me a little bit. You don't like to get that, especially we're already tilting. Everybody in fantasy is already tilting just in anticipation of week one. And when you get notes like this, it doesn't feel good. So yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah. So keep an eye on that. But either way, like, 
you're not playing him in week one, right? Even if he suits up, like no. how many touches he really going to get against a hard defense? Not like super hard run defense, but still a hard defense. I don't want to like tease too much here, but we're we're going to talk about this in a little little bit here. So why don't we move on? Okay, all right. Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard, who tore his Achilles in December. Apparently plans to play in week one. I guess Achilles tears don't matter anymore because James Robinson is also, I guess, going to be active in week one. We saw Cam Akers come back in five months last year. I mean, it wasn't pretty. So what are we doing with these guys? Like, I don't think we're playing Sterling Shepard, right? In week one, there's no reason to do that. I don't even know anyone who's really drafted him uh, in the redraft formats. But does this hurt a Wandell Robinson or a Kadarius Tony or a a Kenny Galladay, like, does this, does this change anything for you, Jake? Nope. <laughs> Literally nothing is, I haven't even considered Sterling Shepard as a player uh, for the last several months. So the fact Poor guy. I, I just see his name and I was like, oh, right. Yeah. He's still around, I guess. Uh, it really doesn't do anything for me for that whole team, for him, for the quarterback. No change. Okay, cool. I'm the same way. And then James Robinson, I, the wording was specific for me that he'll be active in week one. It doesn't mean he's going to get a lot of carries and I don't think he will. Like, I think he could be active. I could see them putting him out there to start the game because they are like very determined to have him start, but uh, this isn't changing anything for me for Travis Etienne. What about you, Kate? No, I, I'm not playing any of these guys and I'm not using this information to downgrade any other players. I, they're going to be on the field, but so will a lot of other guys. True. So. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Uh, moving on. Damian Pierce, Houston rookie running back, is now, oh! listed, is now listed as the RB1 on um, yeah! the Texans' new depth chart. So if you drafted him, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks, you drafted him early, and you know it looks like you can play him. So. If you drafted him, you probably weren't in a league with me because I reached and you I did. reached. You did. It's too much. Uh, it's too much. Mitch Trubisky was named the starter for the Steelers. I think this is what we were expecting all off season long. So nothing's going to change for me in my rankings. Uh, that's pretty much it there for the Steelers. Like play Deontay Johnson and uh, Najee Harris. Are you playing anyone else on that offense in week one, Jake? If you drafted Pat Fryermuth as your starting tight end in a league, you're probably going to have to roll him out. Like, I, I don't think, no. uh, I still feel comfortable with him, but everybody else I'm fading pretty big. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Like I I'm fine with having uh George Pickens or even chase Claypool on my roster. Cause you got him late. I just don't really want to plug him in in week one. I want to kind of see what happens there. That's all. Uh, Chris Godwin, I guess his week one status is still up in the air. Although we thought, you know, he would likely miss, but his words about the game make me feel like he's not playing. He said, I would imagine I'd have, I would have the final say it's going to come down to feel in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter that much. I would love to be there for the entire season, but I think what's more important is that I'm there for the second half of the season. So I just feel like he's saying I'm not playing right (laughs) without saying it. He's saying it. He's saying a little bit of everything there. And it does seem like he maybe caught himself halfway through saying it. It's like, yeah, I think I'll have the ultimate say. And then kind of was backtracking like, okay, but maybe they just want me healthy for the second half. So I feel like it's still pretty ambiguous, which means I'm terrified (laughs) that uh, even if they say he'll start like that doesn't feel very assured. Yeah, I, I would like to sit Chris Godwin on my bench for week one, at least, just to see what happens. But then play your Mike Evans. Um, I don't know. Is there anyone else on that team? You're like, I mean, I guess Julio Jones. If Chris Godwin doesn't go, Julio Jones becomes very interesting. Kate, are you interested in playing Julio Jones week one if Chris Godwin doesn't play? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know that Julio Jones is going to come out and light the world on fire. And generally speaking, where I drafted uh, Julio Jones and like the way that I've constructed my rosters, and I do actually have a lot of exposure to Julio Jones as like a late round flyer, but you probably shouldn't, if, if you're in a position where you have to start 
Julio Jones week one, things probably didn't start out so hot, but there are worse flyers you can take. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that's like, that's the best way that I can put this for you guys. If you, um, I mean, people are playing in dynasty leagues or looking for DS, DFS lineups. Like, I mean, I, I think that's, yeah. I think that's fair. And I think that um, the, the focus of that coverage is probably going to come on to Mike Evans. I do think that the Dallas defense is going to probably look at Leo Jones as the lesser of those. Please put Trayvon Diggs and who, and Mike Evans, and he will destroy that man. Destroy that man. All right. Wait, which man will destroy which man? Mike Evans will destroy Trayvon Diggs. Destroy. Uh, I would love to see that. I just think, I, I think there are going to be points scored in this game. Regardless, Tampa Bay's at home. I would not, at all be surprised if Julio Jones scores a touchdown in his premier game. Woo! That would be fun. All right, Drake London, T- Drake London, wide receiver, uh, rookie for the Falcons, T. Higgins, and Jalen Waddell all return to practice. So they seem like they'll all play in week one. Uh, I feel like the discussion around T. Higgins and the fact that like this is a headline news piece for him is kind of under understated. Yeah, but T. Higgins is a third round pick. If you picked him, like you pretty much have to play him. And do, he, but he's destroyed the Steelers in the past. So I'm not saying don't play him, but I think the injury and the way that the narrative has been constructed around his injury and his rehab, it's not really been talked about a lot. No, it hasn't. Neither has Joe Burrow's surgery but we will be getting into that later in the episode moving on there's two more pieces of news here i want to hit quickly alan lazard undisclosed whatever that means his status is up in the air for week one do you have any inside track yeah. information Jake, Jake here with your love for the packers got, what do you got for us i got all the tea but i'm not going to spill it just yet i'm going to save it for our next segment and then i'll spill some tea uh, this would be a fantastic matchup if he plays uh, we got to wait to see what happens here. And then last, Isaiah Likely, the rookie tight end for the Ravens. There was a report out of the Athletic that he could possibly be their third option in this offense when it comes to targets because they're really lacking there. I mean, it's Rashad Bateman, it's Mark Andrews, and then it's a bunch of nobodies. It really is. So they're saying Isaiah Likely is pretty much their best option they have there. I actually think, like, obviously in Dynasty Leagues, he's already picked up. I mean, in almost all Dynasty Leagues, he was drafted in your rookie draft. But if you're in a redraft league, nobody drafted him, and you shouldn't have, right? He's a rookie tight end, a fourth-round pick. Yes, he had a nice preseason, but who knows how he's going to be used. But I actually wouldn't mind if I punted the position. Let's say my best tight end is Kate's favorite Austin Hooper. Like I totally punted the position like to pick up Isaiah likely put him on my bench for week one and see how he's used. And you may get a steal off waivers without having to put in, you know, a waiver claim for him after week one, if they do actually use him in this way, do you guys agree with me at all? It depends on how deep your bench is for sure. But yeah, I mean, there's worse options because we know how much of a terrible graveyard, the tight end position gets to be and there's a lot of injured tight ends right now who we don't know their status coming up in the next couple of weeks even where it's like ah those guys could play or not play so I don't think doing that pickup is is terrible would you rather have Isaiah Pacheco on your bench for week one because I don't think you're going to play him either in week one or Isaiah likely two positions that are hard to find depth you said Pacheco I want Pacheco because those running backs early on, it's, I want to know right away, how are you going to use this guy? I feel like it's clearer for the running back than the tight end. I would also stay with Pacheco there. And I think it honestly comes down to like the fact that I invested draft capital in that particular player. I'll see how it shakes out. Okay. Because I, I mean, both are literally you tossing a pair of dice and seeing what happens. And why not stick with your running back obviously if you have travis kelsey or you know mark andrews or 
Kyle Pitts, like any of these top guys that you spent high draft capital on, you're playing them. There's no reason to pick up Isaiah likely before week one. But I, I do think if you punted the position, it might be more important to go that way to try to have another dart throw. But I, I guess I can see what you guys are saying. I kind of lean Isaiah likely though. I kind of tight end premium. Yeah. Isaiah oh yeah, likely. for sure. But yeah. All right. It's time to get into our scrumptious starts of the week. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right. Up first, Jake, you're leading us off for the 2022 season. And it's a risky one here, and I love it. Tell us who your favorite start is this week. I wish it was a little bit less gross to the ears since it's what's kicking us off here for the season, but Mr. DK Metcalf, uh, I I really think that the hatred maybe has gone a bit too far. So he gets to go against Denver, and just a spoiler that Kate is going to have a different perspective on this here a little bit sooner. But I am leaning towards this Russell Wilson revenge game narrative, and I'm loving every second of it. So, of course, Russell goes to Denver. He should finally be allowed to cook. And wouldn't it be great if the very first game against his former team, the, the Broncos just go, do it, man. Do it all game long. Just sling it 50 passing attempts. And I can see it. And Seattle is on the entire opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, they're just, we know that the team itself is kind of a garbage heap. I think this could be a shootout where, uh, not a shootout in a great way for Seattle, but they're going to be playing catch up the whole time, <laughs> whole damn time. A shootout now, in that Seattle's getting shot. <laughs> that, <laughs> exactly. But not, the a one good, thing, not a good shootout for Seattle at all. <laughs> not great. But what I love about Metcalf this week is I think the Geno Smith hate is a little bit overhyped for him. If we look at his splits last season when playing with Geno Smith, he actually did fantastic. Now, part of this is Russell's stats being damped down because of his finger injury, of course. But when we're talking about yardage in the four games that he played with Geno Smith on pace for 1,250 yards compared to 880 with Russell, he was on pace for 334 PPR points versus 219 with Russell Wilson. Again, a lot of things that play there because of Russell's injury that he was fighting through. But I don't think Geno is bad, certainly not bad for DK Metcalf. And I like the outcome of this game. Yeah, do you know that Geno Smith threw five touchdowns last year and four of them went to DK? Woo. That's a lot of the touchdown percentage. Yeah. I actually just found that out today when I was doing research for the game, and I was like, man, I kind of wish I took more DK Metcalf now. <laughs> Only because he's been falling so far because we're so scared of these quarterbacks and we're forgetting what a great talent DK Metcalf is. So I actually really like this pick by you, and I agree. Who are some players that you're playing him over for this week? I'm going to be playing DK Metcalf over some higher hyped guys. I'm going to be playing him over. Well, I shouldn't say Amari Cooper is not hyped, but I am playing him over Amari Cooper. But Elijah Moore, who's been getting a lot of hype, I am playing him over Elijah Moore. Okay. I think that's bold. I I like that. And I, I think I agree with you over those two guys. Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week for week one? No, it's not Damian Harris. I I wanted to pull a fast oh, one on you guys. I read the name and I was like, this is the least <laughs> scrumptious I've ever read. This is just like broccoli for dinner because I thought you were doing Damian Harris. But okay, thank you. No, I am doing Damian Harris. You just gave it away, Michelle. I'm talking about Damian Harris Wait, for my what? scrumptious start. <laughs> I said, I'm not talking about Damian Pierce. We've got to listen. Oh, no, Michelle. Sorry. You are going to have to listen to me talk about Damien Pierce. That was a fail. I know Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, my God. Ramondre Stevenson is coming, but I just still think that this is Damien Harris's like. Damien Harris is your first scrumptious start of the 2022 season. I am talking about like you are supposed to come here with something juicy and something Jake yummy. Jake started off with DK yeah, Metcalf. DK Metcalf is a <laughs> sexy man, and you're going to Damian Harris. Damian Harris has a really nice smile. <laughs> That's true. They always say that about him. 
Uh, he has a great smile. That's what you say about someone that nobody <laughs> can come up with any other compliments for. But go ahead. He probably has a great sense of humor. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I messed you up. Why do you like uh, Damian Harris in week one? Damian Harris, I, I just like I, I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit on the Ramondre Stevenson uh, whole narrative here, and I know that. He really came on at the end of last year while we started to see the workload for Damian Harris decrease. But I do want to remind everybody that Damian Harris was managing like a crap ton of injuries at the end of last season, including a hamstring injury, which he missed time for and then re-aggravated towards the end of last year. He ranked 10th in rushing yards last year, tied Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Elijah Mitchell, for the most games with 100 or more rushing yards in 2021. I think that his his upside here, his propensity for the end zone, uh, which we saw very much in full form last year, all of this makes for a really interesting matchup. They face the Dolphins in week one, which I'm not going to project to be uh, a, a entire blowout like Jake is projecting for uh, our, our Seattle Seahawks, Denver Broncos here. But um, I mean, looking at what Miami did in, in the preseason in terms of the, the rushing yardage allowed in terms of the breakaway runs, we had Damian Harris who, uh, who had the fifth most breakaway runs of 15 or more yards. He ranked fifth in scrimmage touchdowns last year. Like, why are we literally writing him off entirely when this is a run first offense, we know that like the the receiving options are shaky. I think this team's going to continue being uh you know playing to their identity, which focuses yeah. on the run. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Enjoy your 23 carries for 98 yards and zero reception. And it'll probably it'll be uh probably 20 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. And yeah. I'm going to feel really good about that to start the season. Okay. So who are you playing him over? Cause let's say his, like his upside, let's say he gets like 15 points. That's just good. Who are you playing him over? Josh Jacobs, Cam Akers, okay. which is probably the spiciest name on the list. Um, Chase Edmonds, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. I would also play him over David Montgomery. I think he's got like, you know, a similar um, ceiling to all of these guys, uh, maybe a bit higher. But I think right here in week one, his floor feels a lot safer than any of these other options. Um, I, I'm going with Damian Harris. He's scrumptious because he's got really nice teeth yeah, we'll come. to eat him we'll with. I'm going with uh, more fun. That scrumptious start. Now it's an obvious one. So I guess it's kind of cheating here. My second one won't be as obvious, but I don't think this one's scrumptious at all, Michelle. Joe Mixon. Traitor. Bengals running back against the Steelers, my favorite team. Now, obviously, you're starting him, right? Like, you draft him in the second round. You're going to start him. But he's actually going to be ranked as my RB5 this week. So, uh, like, if you're in DFS, if you can get him cheaper than CMC or Derrick Henry or Austin Eckler or Jonathan Taylor, who are my top four, like, I think Joe Mixon's going to have an awesome week. And you should be super excited if you get to plug him into your lineup in any of your leagues. Listen, he got an upgrade. He was already amazing last year in fantasy. And then he gets an upgrade along the offensive line at many positions. And he faces the Steelers, who allowed the most rushing yards in the NFL last year. They didn't do a whole ton to make that better. They did make some improvements. I don't expect them to be the worst in the league, but I still expect them to give up plenty of yards on the ground. Mixon destroyed the Steelers in his last game against them. 28 carries, 165 rush yards, and two touchdowns in that Week 12 matchup against the Steelers last year. I don't expect the Steelers to put up a ton of points in this game. I actually do expect the Steelers to win, but that might just be the bias in me. But I don't expect them to put up a ton of points. So I think the Bengals are going to feel safe to just run the ball a ton, keep Joe Burrow, who's still trying to get to 100% health from the appendix uh, surgery, and then also T Higgins with the shoulder, you know, surgery, try to keep everybody healthy throughout this game. Feed Joe Burrow or feed Joe Mixon in the run game and just try to run out this clock. A lot of Joe's. A lot of Joe's. So I expect Joe Mixon to get a ton of volume 
score a couple times in this game or at least once and he just should be such a fire play yeah as much as i hate to admit it you are such a traitor for uh saying him as your first (laughs) scrumptious start of the season but reluctantly like there's there's some big question marks about probably yeah. But there's some big question marks at running back that we're going to discuss later on. So, like, I get it. And he looks pretty locked in. But, like, also, Michelle, this is such weak sauce because, like, you're not you're not really making any – you're not helping anybody make a decision. Weak sauce. I am in DFS. <laughs> and then also, if you're facing Joe Mixon, you better put in some high upside guys in your roster because he's going to score a lot of points. Okay. Thank you for that because um, I think that was the most useful bit of information you gave us. Okay. Well, you're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> I'll try to be better. My I'm next saying it's it's the ball blast podcast. Okay, my, Get ballsy. My next scrumptious start is much ballsier. All a right. little too ballsy. <laughs> Jake, I need a Goldilocks, like just, just, just right. Jake, who's your second scrumptious start of the week? Oh, look, we want to get ballsy. Let's, let's do it right here. Let's do it right now. We alluded to it up at the top of the show. We don't know what's happening with Alan Lazard for week one. We also don't know what's happening with rookie Christian Watson week one for the Packers. We also don't know what's happening with Robert Tunyon for the tight end for the Packers week one. Nobody's official. Like we can assume a lot there, but none of the, none of them are officially locked in. So, what do we know about Sammy Watkins, who is new to the Green Bay offense this year? We know that in Week One he absolutely crushes it. It's a cliche. It's gross at this point. The last three years, per Scott Barrett on Twitter, Week One, 2019, 198 receiving yards. Week One, 2020, 82 receiving yards. Week One, 2021, 86 receiving yards. <laughs> And Roger says he likes him. He's he's made comments. Oh, yeah, Sammy Watkins out here looking real good. I mean, he also said that about Randall Cobb, but he has to. He's contractually obligated as his friend. He also but said Sammy... that about mushrooms. <laughs> That's true. No, ayahuasca. Get it right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're going up against the defense in uh, – the Minnesota Vikings. That's not, not great. I mean, they're mid-level. It seems like as of right now, I also don't put too much worth into any secondary in week one. Cause I feel like they take a little bit longer to catch up to offenses, but I just feel like lack of weapons. It, it should be a, a great game for Aaron Rodgers, who has averaged three and a quarter touchdowns in his last two years. Every time he's played the Minnesota Vikings, I expect like, at least one of those to go Watkins way. Yeah, so the Vikings have were so bad against wide receivers last year, allowed so many fantasy points. So you, I want a wide receiver in this offense. In in like to start in fantasy, it's just so hard to pick which one because without knowing if Alan Lazard is going to play, like if Alan Lazard plays, would he have been your scrumptious start of the week? Yeah, I would. I would actually feel really comfortable. So if he, if he ends up and he's full go, and they say Alan Lazard, you're in. We get that info. I'll start him. And let's say Lazard doesn't play then. How comfortable are you playing Romeo Dobbs in week one? Romeo Diddy. Romeo Diddy. I know the preseason hype and what we saw in those games, but I would be much more nervous to play him seriously above a veteran like Watkins or Cobb. And that's, it's weird to say, but I'm not going to invest in Dobbs. Obviously he could make me look like a fool, but I won't do it. So you're not like, so let's say you're looking at your flex spot and you have to decide between Dobbs or a guy like another rookie, Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks could be, you know, the top target with the Titans, but he's with Ryan Tannehill and, you know, Robert Woods. So is it Dobbs or Traylon Burks? And, you know, I was so primed to say like, Sammy Watkins, start him over every rookie not named Chris Olave. But now I have to do this with Romeo. Uh, (laughs) I think I would take the shot in my flex on Romeo Dobbs above Traylon Burks. And then what about the other guy in the Titans, Robert Woods? Would you go with Robert Woods or Romeo Dobbs? It's it's a totally different type of play. You're getting maybe more safety out of Woods and more upside out of Dobbs. So use that how you will. I think I would rather take Woods. Yeah, it's close for me there. I would rather start Dobbs over. I don't know. I, I also think Burks has nice upside in week one as well. I'm really starting to talk myself into these rookie wide receivers, which we all know most of them will do absolutely nothing in week one. 
So it's hard. But if Alan Lazard misses, it makes Romeo Dobbs so much more interesting and so much more enticing and so hard to say no to after what he's done this offseason. I like almost just hope Lazard plays because I have Dobbs in too many leagues and I don't want to make <laughs> that mistake. So I am getting worried about that. All right, Kate, let's move on to your second scrumptious start of the week. All right, I'm going to try to keep this brief because this is a guy that I've talked about a lot this offseason. I've tweeted about him. I've podcasted. About, I've literally talked about Rashad Penny until I've been blue in the face. So, again, not going to talk your ear off here. But the Broncos somehow, and, and I know this is preseason, but limited sample size. All right, Broncos in the preseason ranked dead last in run defense grade out of every single NFL roster. You think that had to do with them playing no starters? Yes, but I also think it plays to depth, but leave me alone. Uh, The Seahawks had the third highest run blocking grade, which I'm going to take that 100%. They played all their starters? Michelle? (laughs) Now, I'm just saying, in that limited preseason sample size, again, you didn't have the Broncos starters in the mix here, but, um, and I think the Broncos defense is going to be excellent this year, but I do think that, uh, the Seahawks are going to be a capable enough, uh, run blocking unit here. Rashad Penny, he's coming in, he's going to be, uh, essentially the featured back here, especially with Kenneth Walker, even if Kenneth Walker suits up, do you really think they're going to put him out there where he's going to be tackled by like 300 pound men at the line of scrimmage and be like, all right, good luck with that hernia, bud. Like there's no amount of mesh that can hold in your guts when you've got a giant hernia, just spilling your insides all over the field. Like, no, you need to protect young Kenneth. You just, you need to do that. But Rashad Penny, he scored a touchdown in every single game where he's had at least 12 rush uh, rush attempts. He's had 100 or more scrimmage yards in every single one of those outings. He's even had 185, 190 scrimmage yard games because he is a baller. He's super efficient. It's what he's done this entire time. And I do think that I'm projecting this to be a lower scoring game. I think that the Broncos are going to give uh, Russell Wilson, plenty of room to like make plays, but I don't know that I necessarily project this to be like the shootout that Jake is projecting it to be. Um, I, I think the Seahawks are going to want to keep it on the ground in this one. And I think Rashad Petty touching the ball 20 times does not feel ridiculous. Yeah. I'm playing Rashad Penny in week one, especially with if Ken Kenneth Walker with his injury, like I, I feel good about that. So I feel fine to throw in Rashad Penny. We'll see, you know, what kind of scoring opportunities come for him, but he should get plenty of volume in the game. The beautiful part too, is that like Rashad Penny, he can break off a run at yeah. any given point. And if there's any lapse in tackling on the Broncos point of view, great. Um, but I, have currently Rashad Penny ranked inside my top 15. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. All right, I'm going even bolder here since I went so easy with my first one. It's going to be Kadarius Tony, Giants, second year wide receiver against the Titans. No, Tony. Okay. All right. Right now, right at this minute. Are you is, talking to him? It Tony. is 8.50 p.m. on Tuesday, September 6th. He is healthy. It doesn't mean he's going to be healthy yet. 9 p.m. on September 6th, but (laughs) at 8.50, he is healthy, and he has a juicy matchup in week one, and if you drafted him and you're not playing him this week, you might not ever be able to play him. It's just, like, that's how I feel because I feel like we have this, like, glimmer, like, a little tiny chance here. The Titans allow the second most receiving yards and the second most fantasy points to wide receivers last season. Of course, Tony is risky because – you know, he doesn't seem to make it through games, but if he does make it through this game, he's shown plenty of flashes of greatness last season as a rookie. I, I do think the Giants aren't going to be able to really run on the Titans, but they will be able to pass Derrick Henry. This could be a Derrick Henry game. So the Titans are really going to own that clock and the Giants are going to have to pass to keep up. I, I just think Kadarius Tony in PPR leagues, this should be a really nice week for him in week one. 
And I'm playing him over guys like Darnell Mooney against the 49ers. I'm playing him against Tyler over Tyler Lockett with Geno Smith over Hunter Renfro, who I feel like they're like the same type of players where you just need a lot of, you know, targets. So I, I feel good putting Kadarius Tony into my flex spot if I need him this week. Yeah, he's a great yeah. high upside dude. I Really, though, who would you rather have in a flex like that? Like somebody who's like, I got my eight or nine points or somebody who could pop off for 20. So I, I respect that. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Now it's time to get a little bit more negative. We're going to get into our, what'd you say? Our farty, our farty fades. Farty, farty fades. Farty fades of the week. <laughs> I told Dwight that there is honor in losing, which, as we all know, is completely ridiculous. Our farty fades of the week. Jake, let's start with you. Who's a fartster? (laughs) I don't want to use the word fartster. My fade for week one. We get paid by the fart on this podcast. Oh, well, in that case, Mr. Farty Face himself is Cam Akers uh, running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Thursday night football alert here. So hopefully you catch this before that game kicks off. Uh, it's the whole thing that we've been talking about all offseason. If you've been following along, K-Makers, one, it's all of the injury concerns. Two, it's the fact that he has a very, very good running back as his complementary piece in Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson, who has looked to be more healthy over at least this last week. As of last week, Rams beat reporter Sarah Barshop, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, did mention that Sean McVay came out and said, hey, Henderson was good to go. He got a full speed workout. Cam Akers wasn't able to do that quite yet. Since that time, he said, yeah, Akers is good to go. I'm still proceeding with a ton of caution here. They're playing against the Buffalo Bills, already a really great defense. Now they have Von Miller in the mix as well. I'm projecting a 50-50 split here. I still think Stafford is going to try and force the ball passing through the air uh, more than they will rely on the ground game at all. And I'm just not comfortable with where his injury stance is. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Like, it's it's hard. I will say, like, for some reason, I feel more comfortable playing Daryl Henderson in week one over Cam Akers, and that doesn't make sense to me because I do think Cam Akers will get more work. So I don't know why. I, I guess it just comes down to who gets the goal line opportunities. I could just see them putting in Daryl Henderson in that area and as a receiver. Kate, if you have to choose between Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, who you pick in in week one? It's definitely Daryl Henderson, who's just been a little bit healthier for a little bit more time, I think. I mean, like barely in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, I mean, I'll give him the edge. But again, I've I've given him the edge in pretty much every situation. I, I just think he has been the more efficient running back when given the opportunity, period. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It it does make me nervous. I would like to stay away from either of them, but if you can't, I guess it's Daryl Henderson. I just want to see what Cam Akers looks like, you know, now that he's further removed from the injury. Like just Google him, Michelle. I would like to to just see him on the field before I have to plug him in. All right, Kate, who's your second scrum to start? Or sorry, who's your second fade, farty fart fade of the week? (laughs) You are really trying to get a big payout, Michelle. I'm going to fade Joe Burrow and no, it is not because he's playing our lovely Pittsburgh Steelers, but I think we're just totally overlooking the whole narrative of Joe Burrow and his ruptured appendix. Ruptured appendix is like a big deal, right? Like I think everybody heard appendix and they're like, Oh, cool. Like that's fairly simple, but a ruptured appendix, much more complicated, like a much bigger infection risk, a longer healing time. He lost weight, which I think it was interesting. He declined to uh, share with anybody how much weight he had lost in this entire process. But I think it it's probably safe to assume that uh, he is like still kind of, you know, returning to 100%. He seems to be uh, in good shape in terms of like what he was able to do with the Rams joint practice. But like... Once it comes to game time and he's going to be taking these hits, uh, what is that going to look like? I'm not 100% sure. Does he have any rust to shake off? Because 
he didn't get to see any of that preseason action. Now, two of his three career starts against the Steelers getting into the matchup were wins, but I will say he didn't exceed 25 pass attempts in either of those matchups that he played in 2022. He hasn't exceeded 17.5 fantasy points against the Steelers yet. And you know what? It's either been like a blowout or a blowout. And I don't really see that changing. I think the Bengals are the better football team. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to play catch up. And I see the Bengals putting this more in Joe Mixon's hands this week, given the situation and given the matchup. Like, I don't think, like, why put Joe Burrow in a circumstance where he needs to throw the ball 35 times when he really doesn't need to in this particular matchup going head to head? against Mitch Trubisky. So let's say you drafted Joe Burrow and you could, you know, look at the waivers and you would have to drop someone and have two, cause you're not going to drop Joe Burrow. So you would have two quarterbacks. Are you going to do that? Like, let's say Kirk cousins is sitting on your waivers. Would you pick up Kirk cousins as your quarterback too and play him over Joe Burrow? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on, you know, like who I'm, who I'm looking to drop. In the meantime, do you have like an example of a later round player that I might be doing that for? Isaiah, I mean, I used it earlier, Isaiah Pacheco. A lot of people's uh, last round pick. All right. In this circumstance, I will drop Isaiah Pacheco to play Kirk Cousins. And it's because I see the the upside significantly shift. What in about instance? What about a guy like um Trevor Lawrence, who has a really nice matchup, or Ryan Tannehill, who has a nice matchup. Are you getting that ballsy where you're dropping someone and you're playing these guys over Joe Burrow? I don't know. Ryan Tannehill is kind of fringe for me, but like Kirk Cousins is kind of the gold standard for me in this point. Like, look at the matchup, which like the Packers secondary can definitely be something to be reckoned with, but you still have Justin Jefferson, you still have Adam Thielen. And you still have Kirk Cousins, who's a really good quarterback. I do think that, um, you know, the the lack of weapons uh, for Trevor Lawrence might be the tiebreaker there. Cool. I like it. All right. My last guy uh, for this first round of fades is Brees Hall versus the Ravens. Oh, you're going to get your head bit off on that one, Michelle. Jets rookie running back, early second round pick. I get it. Everyone's super excited. And you drafted him in a spot where it feels like you have to start him in week one. I just can't personally find a way to start him. Like The Ravens last year had one gazillion injuries on defense, yet they still allowed the fewest rushing yards in the NFL last season. And then you're asking the Jets to produce a a good running back, which has not happened in a very long time. But in week one, in his rookie season, against a very hard defense, while all the news is coming out that Michael Carter is expected to start over Brees Hall. So at the very least, he's going to have to split snaps. He's going to have to split snaps, get a ton of volume, and somehow be efficient on those carries while the Ravens don't allow that. Like, that's too much for me. We have seen running backs that we thought were going to get a lot of touches in week one in their rookie season not do it. I mean, last year, even Najee Harris, he had like 400 touches last year, yet he only had 16 carries in week one, only scored six fantasy points in PPR leagues in week one. Cam Akers, who we were talking about, 14 carries in week one of his rookie season. Antonio Gibson, nine carries his rookie season in week one. Jonathan Taylor, Nine carries in his week one season. J.K. Dobbins, seven carries. David Montgomery, six carries. These these guys who we want to be special immediately, it takes some time because teams prefer the veterans. And Michael Carter has a year, unfortunately, on Brees Hall. I'm not touching Brees Hall in week one. If he sneaks in for a touchdown, then sure, you got lucky, you'll be fine. But I'm not going to depend on that. So I'm starting pretty much anyone over him. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even need to like name people. I'm starting pretty much anyone over. I mean, I think it's a really uh, interesting position to be in when you're the Brees Hall manager because you did invest so highly in him. But again, if you're looking at all the narratives on the team, like 
it it seems that they are looking at Michael Carter, maybe not as like the future RB one of their team, but like the current leader in the running backs room. And I, like, I, I don't think Michael Carter did anything last season to hurt his case there. Like he performed super well, um, was a very elusive running back in the opportunities that he was given. So I don't know. It, it is really hard to take that away from him and take a role away from Michael Carter when it, you know, I'll say I'll, I'll be bold here. Brees Hall didn't exactly look anything oh, special. In the it had nothing to do with that. Brees I'm Hall just, will be fine. I know. I'm not saying, I'm just saying it's oh not goodness. like it's starting not, something more than it needs to be. No, but I'm just saying he's no Damian Pierce. Oh my God. Well, who I'm, is really? Damien. Damien is. All right. Um, we got three more farty farts for you that we're going to run through quickly. And then we'll get to our hard decisions of the week for those final lineup spots to close out the show. So Jake, start with your last farty fart. I'm going with a group of farty farts here, actually. It's going to be J.K. Dobbins and or whoever they shoehorn into J.K. Dobbins' role if he for some reason does not start. I don't know. It's just I don't know why the silence is so deafening with J.K. Dobbins, but it absolutely is. It just feels like all offseason they've hid whatever the injury concerns are. J.K. Dobbins is being very evasive and salty on Twitter to anybody who dares say that he you know, has some lingering effects from that. Yeah, a little bit, a little over defensive. I don't believe that the Ravens would sign Kenyon Drake of all people last <laughs> week if they felt super secure about J.K. Dobbins. And the fact that they also did not then cut Mike Davis as a corresponding move is just really concerning, especially this early on in the season. So yeah, maybe they have a decent matchup against the Jets. I'm still not going to trust that because it could be a three-headed monster. Maybe they do have Dobbins play just to get him out there and get him comfortable, but I'm not going to feel comfortable about any single one of these guys. And it really sucks because the Jets allowed the most fantasy points per game to the running back position last year by far, like by far, far. So it's an amazing matchup, but I think this just means like start I mean, you're obviously going to start Lamar Jackson, but like enjoy it because he's probably going to do it all against that defense. It's probably going to be amazing. And like, I would love to pick out a running back that's going to succeed. And I'm sure one will. I just, it's so hard to pick which one Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis, JK Dobbins, like, or do they all split and it's all gross? It's so hard. So I'm like, if I had to pick one, it would be Kenyon Drake, presuming that all three of them play. And that, that doesn't feel good though, but I just feel like maybe he'll actually snag a couple of targets. You know, that's yeah. basically all I'm backing on. All right, Kate, who's your last fade of the week? I'm actually sticking with the same game. Apparently, we're just like very much hating on this matchup for fantasy. To and be I'm fair, actually... I think we'd all take the Ravens to win over the Jets. So we're yes. not hating on you, Ravens. Yeah, yeah. We're just hating on the fantasy yes. aspect. Like, week. unless you're Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I think, could still have a fine game somehow and rack up a hundred rushing yards yeah. in some manner uh, or some way, but Rashad Bateman not amped at this matchup for him coming out of the gate. He's going to be coming up. I, I would project against sauce Gardner who got off to a really hot start this preseason per Sam monsoon of PFF. That's PFF underscore Sam. We did not see sauce Gardner allow a single touchdown in college. He did not allow a single catch in the preseason. And the reason for that, he was not even targeted on a single play. And a lot of that comes down to the fact that he was so well covered. He was blanketing uh, those that he was covering and, and shutting them down. And I do think that with the lack of other receiving options outside of you know, Mark Andrews, I, I think this is going to come down to a lot of focused coverage on Rashad Bateman. And this is going to be his first time really having that sort of wide receiver one spotlight. I don't know that I trust Rashad Bateman just yet um, in, in this type of game situation. It's not down to talent for me. Again, it just kind of happens to be where they're at and the matchup specifically with a, a cornerback who I think is probably an underrated pick for defensive rookie of the year. 
Yeah, and I, I like that. So let's say, because you thought Kadarius Tony was very risky to start, if you had to choose between Rashad Bateman and Kadarius Tony, who are you going with? Ugh. I'd probably <laughs> roll with Rashad Bateman. Oh, my God. I can't believe my scrumptious start versus your party fart fade of the week. You're going. So you're saying I'm that wrong about my scrumptious start. That's I feel like we need to have a bet on that next week. We will. Yeah, do whoever it. scores more points. It has to be Kadarius Tony versus Rashad Bateman straight up PPR league PPR scoring. OK. All right. We're doing that. Oh, I already regret it. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> All right. My last fade of the week is uh, David Montgomery, which another guy you probably drafted right around Brees Hall. So I'm really sorry that you drafted these guys. But I'm telling you, like, it's going to be hard to play them in week one. You screwed up, guys. <laughs> but he's going up against the 49ers in week one. And I just think that's a really unfortunate matchup to have that quickly. The 49ers allowed just 3.6 yards per carry to running backs last season, which was the second fewest in the NFL. The 49ers like only got better on their defensive line too this offseason. They have one of the best and strongest defensive lines in the NFL. Well, the, the Bears have like one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. It's going to be so hard for Montgomery to get any chunk plays on this defense. And yeah, he could get a ton of volume. Like he might, but also Khalil Herbert could get some carries. We don't know what this offense is going to look like under these new coaches. But Montgomery missed last game against the 49ers. It was last year in week eight. And Khalil Herbert, he had 23 carries. He should have had a great fantasy week. Guess what? He just had 73 yards. 70, sorry, not even 73, 72 yards. He averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Like, that might be what you get out of, Mont- out of Montgomery. Like that's kind of what you're hoping for that. He gets that kind of usage. You hope he is more productive with it. I just don't see it working out for him this week. I, I think you're pretty much just banking on like, please get me a touchdown. Please get me a touchdown. And then maybe I'll hit 10 points. You probably still have to start him, but I don't, I don't like it for you. I'm starting AJ Dillon. I'm starting Javante Williams, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, Rashad Penny all over him. So if you have those options or anybody similar to them, like I'm getting David Montgomery out of my lineup this week. Yeah. Deal with it, David. You're not going to be there. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Farty David. That's what I call him. Luckily I don't have to make the decision. I didn't pick him in anything. Yeah. You just, Oh, so now you're just talking, you're just giving yourself the old pat on the back. No, 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 no. Avoiding smack on the listeners. I think he'll be fine, but week one, it'll be a little rough. All right, let's get into some like tricky lineup decisions. And, you know, some of these are mine. I need help with. But I think a lot of people will be in the same situation trying to decide between these guys. So let's start. Somehow I picked a lot of ones that play in the same game. So let's start right off with that Thursday night matchup. You have to choose. Like, I I wouldn't want to play either of these guys in my flex. But say you need an RB2 and you, you waited on taking your RB2 and you had to pick one. Devin Singletary against the Rams or Daryl Henderson against the Bills in the same game. Which one are you starting? I hate, yeah, I hate both. I literally, I don't want to start a single running back from this matchup, but if I have to, I'll go with referencing the rookies and limited carries, you know, out of the gate. Well, James Cook, the rookie there, he might be pretty limited. So maybe Devin Singletary for this week going up against a little bit softer defense. I guess, but it's gross. I'll agree. Devin Singletary there for me. And I don't, I'm not super bullish on either, but I mean, Devin Singletary, I think overall, despite the number of bodies in that room between Zach Moss and James Cook, I still think that he has less competition for actual running back carries. Between the twenties, which do we really care about? So I'm leaning Daryl Henderson because I think he could sneak in a touchdown easier than Singletary. I mean, when the team enters the 20-yard line on the opponent's uh, side, they put in Zach Moss. So it's yeah. just like, you, unless Evan Singletary breaks a long touchdown, you're not going to get one. And he doesn't get a ton of targets. So it's really hard to depend on him. Now, there could totally be a, a scenario where we're going to Thursday and they say, Zach Moss, you're a healthy and active. In that case, then I'm definitely starting Devin Singletary over Daryl Henderson. But if 
you know, we get mosses active. I'm going to Henderson here. Moving on to the next one. I think this one's so hard. And I have to make the decision in a couple leagues. Javante Williams at Seattle. Or Rashad Penny versus the Broncos in the same exact game. Now, Rashad Penny might have the whole backfield himself mostly, but Javante Williams gets the much easier matchup. And he's the better. Well, I don't don't want to say better player because they're both really good. So what are you doing? It's about what you believe the game script and flow of this to be. And I know that me and Kate are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So it shouldn't surprise you that I'm going to go with Javante Williams here, even though I could see a split happening. But I think both of those running backs in Denver will get plenty of work. Yeah, the Seahawks allowed the second most fantasy points to the running back position last year. So if the Broncos do take a big lead, then there should be plenty of work for both running backs to be successful in this game. Kate, Rashad Penny's your scrumptious start. Are you going with Javante Williams or Penny? I'd still rather go with Penny. And I like for me, it just comes down to workload. I project Rashad Penny to have a more significant workload. And I think that Rashad Penny does enough on his own. that, Like I'm not quite as worried, like for some other running backs that I think are less explosive and don't have as much of that, like rocket ship ability that I see with Rashad Penny. Like if it's just like one of these grinding running backs, like a James Connor or um, you know, like one of those guys that like grinds it out slowly, but Rashad Penny's more of a breakaway runner anyway. And I, I consider that less dependent on the running back. Um, Jake, if you presume this is going to be a shootout, then I'm surprised you think they're going to be running the ball as well, much. Let me, so let do me you think clear. they're just going to get up really fast? Immediately. Immediately. So 50 their goal pass is just- attempts in the first half. Okay, and then they're just going to run the entire second half. Okay. And then just run the second half. Gotcha. So you're going to be really tilting that first half because the running backs aren't going to do <laughs> anything. But it's all going to come full circle. Don't worry. But even if Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon have to split scoring opportunities, wouldn't it still be more than Penny's scoring opportunities with Seattle? Like Maybe we're being too mean, but I, I'm fine with playing Rashad Penny, but I'm definitely playing Javante Williams over him. Oh, so you just came to that decision right now. Yeah, I think I did. All right, moving on to the next matchup. Amon Ra St. Brown versus the Eagles or Devonta Smith versus the Lions in the same matchup. This is so hard for me, like, honestly, because Amon Ra St. Brown, you know, looks good this offseason. He was featured on Hard Knocks, and he looks great. He looks to be the wide receiver one. They've been talking him up, blah, 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 blah. But the defense for the Eagles, especially their secondary, looks like it's going to be really hard. Looks terrifying. Yeah, it really does. And the Eagles were already really, really good at covering the wide receiver position last year. They actually allowed the second fewest fantasy points in the NFL to wide receivers last season. And all they've done is make upgrades. And then you got Devonta Smith going up against the Lions secondary, which is like a bunch of not very good people. But he, you know... (laughs) He could be the third target in the offense if it goes to A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. So this is really hard. Which way would you go, Jake? I would see this as being a little bit more of a Dallas Goddard game, in fact. So I'm glad you brought that up. I also am just, in this scenario, I'm going to let the draft position kind of dictate my move. I took Amon Bra, probably Amon Bra, <laughs> Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, much earlier than you're going to take Devontae Smith. I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm just going to say, hey, roll up my quote-unquote stud here in Amon Ra. Yeah, I also agree, especially in like a full PPR format. Um, Maybe in a standard, I might lean more towards Devonta Smith, maybe for some big play upside, Um, but I'm not. See, I think I'm going Devonta Smith. Amon Ross St. Brown was almost my fate of the week because like if he doesn't get Darius Slay, who most likely he does, who's fantastic corner, then, you know, if they change it, then it goes to James Bradbury, who's a very good cover quarterback. And then you look at the safeties that they upgraded. Like, this is going to be a really hard for Amon Ross St. Brown. And like, I, I just, I don't trust the Lions. Like, and the Lions defense is so, like, they're getting destroyed by their own team. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is destroying the Lions defense in practice. So you would think that the Eagles wide receivers are going to have 
any anything they want in that game. It's hard. It is in hard. A, in a full PPR, I go with St. Brown. In any other format, I will go with Devonta Smith. All right, we're going to end this show with some questions off of Twitter. Zach Armijo wrote, half PPR league, Jalen Waddle or Rashad Penny in his flex. I think with Jalen Waddle just coming back from the injury, he's just finally starting to practice. He gets the Patriots. Like, I'm just going to go with Rashad Penny there and be a little bit safer. What about you guys? Yep, it's a gross matchup. And again, the injury thing. I'll finally do it and I'll go with Rashad Penny. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> Kate, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Kate's obviously choosing Penny there. He also had one more question. Full PPR. You got, okay. You guys got to use your brain here. Brandon Ayuk, Tony Pollard, Kenneth Gainwell, Tyler Lockett, or Allen Robinson. Pick two out of that group. So again, it's Ayuk, Pollard, Gainwell, Lockett, Allen Robinson. I don't want to invest too heavily in the Seattle offense here. So I'm going to say Allen Robinson is my pretty standout from that group. But then I would go with Brandon Ayuk as well. Those were actually my same two. I love Kenneth Gainwell, but I just kind of want to see who, how he's used before I plug him into my lineup. Uh, and Tony, or I, I already talked about Tyler Lockett. I just don't really trust him with Geno Smith. So I'm going Brandon Ayuk and Allen Robinson as well. I'm actually inclined to go with, Pollard and Robinson uh, Robinson for the same reasons you guys mentioned, but I am really, really intrigued in Tony Pollard and potential usage out of the slot. Obviously we don't exactly know what to expect, but they're facing the bucks in week one who though not fully healthy, like they're still going to score points. They, they will find a way to score points. I have no doubt about that. Um, I, I think Tony Pollard could be in for a really significant role, uh, especially leading up to Michael Gallup's return. So I think this is the time to play him. Okay. I just have no faith in Tony Pollard. It's because you're a loser. Yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, Brian Willis on Twitter asks, start one full PPR. Lazard, Ayuk, or AJ Dillon? This is easily AJ Dillon for me. AJ Dillon for me as well. It's not even a question. I like that. If Lazard is healthy, though, I I still like not. the idea. But if he is, if he but comes out and they say he's playing, he's guaranteed in there, and he's got no issues with whatever this undisclosed thing is, I might talk myself into it. But I like I the safety play of Dillon. AJ Dillon. Even if I don't know why I said the, all that just to agree. <laughs> even if we never got the news on Lazard being maybe out this game, I would have still chose Dylan. So I like Dylan there. And then he asked, rank these four for week one, AJ Dylan, Kareem Hunt, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris. Um, I'll go first because I, I have this down pretty easily. It's AJ Dylan by a lot. And then I'd go Ramondre Stevenson, then Damian Harris, then Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a very hard matchup against the Panthers. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go a little bit different here. I will say AJ Dillon at the top. And then I'm going to go with Damian Harris, Kareem Hunt, and then Ramon Dre Stevenson. I actually think Kareem Hunt's time is now for this first little while with Jacoby Brissett. I get the matchup for sure. It just feels like this could easily be a dump-off game, and I'd take that. Yeah, the reason why I'm against Kareem Hunt this week is the, the Panthers allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points in the NFL to running back. Uh, last year but a big part of that was because they allowed the fewest receiving yards to running backs last year and that's pretty much where you get all of your value from cream hunt maybe that can change maybe they just didn't face a lot of running backs that caught the ball often but that scares me a little bit so i'm off of him this week kate rank those four guys it was aj Dillon, cream hunt stevenson harris i'll go with harris aj Dillon. Hunt, and then Ramondre. So you're playing Harris over A.J. Dillon. Yeah. I think I'm way <laughs> too high on A.J. Dillon, guys. I, I'm like getting myself so excited for him. I think he's going to have a monster year. I, 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 I can't imagine sitting him in this matchup against the Vikings. Yeah, he's Sorry. great. He's, he's great. great. He's Get Damien. Your Damien Love is bringing this podcast down, Kate. You can't force <laughs> your Damien Love. <laughs> I know. I do feel um, like who do you think has more upside in week one, AJ Dillon or Damian Harris? 
Michelle, Damian Harris said five games of 100 or more rushing yards last okay, Nobody year. cares and about 100 rushing yards. That's no, 10 but points. He also, but he also had a million scrimmage touchdowns. Like, Yes, yes. Obviously, if he scores the touchdowns, it's fine. But Michelle, you have to project that. Like, You can't just ignore it when it suits you. Right, um, I think he's in line. A.J. Dillon, uh, Ramondre Stevenson bet as well. Yeah, I would right. love, I'd right. love to PPR. have a, a right, nice – drink before the okay so we got we got the stevenson aj dillon and then we got the tony Kadarius tony versus rashad bateman bet jake i feel like you and i have to make one and you and kate have to make one i mean we could try to shoehorn one in i just don't know what it would be here i mean it, it would probably have to involve rashad penny in some facet because i'm definitely more out on him than you guys are well you'll have to do that with kate what about right now i say Romeo Dobbs will score more fantasy points than Sammy Watkins in week one. Yeah, let's do that because it's a win-win for me, really. Either way, so let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) All right, we'll do that one. And then, Kate, you got to find one with Rashad Penny. Who will he score more than? I mean, Jake preferred Javante Williams. Should you just do that? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Let's let's go, baby. All right. We're all in on that game. We'll write those down. Those will be fun. We'll have some white claw next week to, uh, you know, whoever loses. Or you can celebrate Jake, your losses. You can bring any alcohol you like. You don't have to bring a white claw. No, it has to be <laughs> white <Thank> claw. You. <laughs> you can drink a beer. But yeah, I I cannot explain to you how excited I am for week one. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, you know, if you were, I'm going to be putting out a post on Twitter about asking me any questions for your lineups this week. Feel free to shoot me your questions. I will try to answer as many of those as possible. You can find me at Ball Blast M, Ball Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at FF Ball Blast. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.